Join us now for Education Matters, a weekly look at the real people and real stories in education across North Carolina. Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm Keith Poston. North Carolina's public schools are becoming increasingly diverse, with students of color now making up more than 50% of total enrollment. The state's teaching workforce, however, does not reflect that diversity, with about 80% of teachers both white and female. Does it matter? And if so, what do we need to do about it? This week we talked with two reporters who just completed an extensive examination of this issue, and then we're going to be joined by two professionals who are on the front lines in preparing, recruiting, hiring, and retaining tomorrow's teachers. Before we tackle our main topics, we open with headlines, our quick scan of education headlines across North Carolina and the U.S. An NC State College of Education professor became the latest entrant into what is looking like a crowded field in the race for the Democratic nomination for State Superintendent of Public Instruction. Dr. Michael Marr, Assistant Dean of Professional Education at NC State and a former classroom teacher in Forsyth and Wake, said he's running because some state leaders have retreated from a commitment to public schools. Also running is James Barrett, a Chapel Hill Carborough School Board member and former chair. Barrett said the first thing we need to do is make sure is that we restore respect to our teachers. The current state superintendent, Mark Johnson, has not yet announced if he will seek re-election. There has been some speculation he has his eyes on higher offices. In the coming months, we plan to invite each of the candidates on to share their vision for education in North Carolina. Last week, DPI announced that a software error caused public school students across the state to receive incorrect end-of-term grades this school year. The program, PowerSchool, is used extensively across the state to manage student data, including grades. The software incorrectly rounded class grades up or down after teachers entered individual assignments. This affected districts, the affected districts, I'm sorry, were notified in December to correct, and DPI has since fixed the way grades were calculated, so it won't happen again. Finally, new report cards out from the Youth Justice Project in Durham show that black students in North Carolina are more likely to be suspended and referred to the court system than white classmates. The group says that the data, when coupled with how black students are on average lagging academically, is a call to action to address racial inequity in North Carolina. Remember, you can visit the Public School Forum's website at ncforum.org, click on Education Matters, and read more about each of these headlines as well as other topics we cover each week. As I said at the top of the show, we're going to talk about teacher diversity, or more accurately, specifically the lack of teacher diversity in North Carolina teaching workforce. And we are joined by two journalists from WRL News in Raleigh, Kelly Hinchcliffe. She is the education reporter for WRL News and has been on the show with us before. So welcome back, Kelly. Thank you. And Lena Tillett. Lena is a reporter, anchor reporter with WRL News. So thank you and welcome to Education Matters. Right, thanks for having me. Well, first, let me apologize for my rather sinister looking oh, no. hand. <laughs> I will try not to aggressively point with it, but yes, I broke my finger this week, oh. tripping oh, and falling. No. So yes, it, uh, it, it is a, an interesting accoutrement to wear on the air. <laughs> all right, well, first of all, Impressive work, ladies, on this um, important topic. Uh, people who watch our show know that we've talked a lot about issues of race and diversity. And I really encourage our, um, our viewers to go to WRL.com, search education, and you can find the whole thing. Plus, what aired was just a, a fraction of the work that you did. There's so much. It's really great stuff. So thank you. Um, now, you received a grant, or I guess a fellowship from the Education Writers Association, Kelly. Yes. 
tell me about how you decided to this topic and, and pursue that. I wanted to look at teacher recruitment in North Carolina and actually the diversity piece came later as I was, after I received the grant, I started talking with people about this topic and it was amazing to me how often the topic of diversity came up. And I knew that across North Carolina, 80% of teachers were white, 80% were female, but I hadn't really heard the data you know, drilled down into specific school systems. So I said, I want to look at all 115 public school systems and see what does this look like, rural, urban, all kinds of areas. And I also wanted to go look at the teacher pipeline. So look at the colleges of education and see what are they doing, what uh, what does the enrollment look like at those types of schools because that's really the best predictor of what future teachers will look like in North Carolina and of course I asked Lena to join me on the project and I'm so glad that she did um, it, I'm really happy with how it turned out well and, and this you know this is uh, we're gonna we're gonna show a clip here in just a minute because one of the things that I've said before on the show is that in North Carolina we, we still have students in, in 2019 that could go through their entire 12 years of school and never see teacher that looks like them. Um, and which is stunning. It, it, which is kind of stunning, right? Yeah. So, the, so the clip I want to show right now um, uh, is a, a student who found someone who looked like him, but it's about their, uh, a little about their relationship. So let's roll that and then I want to talk to you about it, Lena. Okay. I felt, I was like, wow, I, I did that? You know, I'm trying to figure out the, I'm trying to figure out the, the defining moment, what made him say, Mr. Tyson, you did something that I, I, I still can't remember. I'm just trying to figure that out. You're my PE teacher, and I trusted you. So um, I, that's the reason I decided you're a club. Mm. <sighs> Trust has to be earned. It has to be earned. Kids know sincerity. They know when you got their back and they know when you just, they're just one of the students in your classroom. And they know, they know that you are out for their good. They, they, it's, they have this sense, they have this sixth sense about themselves that's saying, they, I matter. And for him to say, trust me, that says volumes. Because trust in the eyes of a student is almost saying, man, I trust you like a father. Powerful, Lena, mm -hmm. to let. My okay. my apologies. Everyone in the South calls me yeah, exactly. so I'm so used to Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. I've been on the Eastern North Carolina. <laughs> All right, um, Lena. But yeah, that was. That was powerful was. stuff. Mm -hmm. how, did, how, did you, how did that feel to you? Well, so the way that all got set up was first I interviewed the Stevens family and I just wanted to know about both the parents and the kids' uh, experience school. And Trey mentioned Mr. Tyson and said that in addition to him having an impact him on him and uh, Mr. Tyson being his only African-American teacher, male teacher, uh, he has had two African-American female teachers. Um, he said that he had a specific impact on him, and he also said that he decided to join his club, his books and bow ties club, mm -hmm. after school. 
which means not only is he uh, connecting with this teacher in the classroom, but he wants to spend more time with him after class, right? And that's not something that a lot of all teachers can say right. that students want to spend even more time with you after they complete their classroom time. So uh, I think Mr. Tyson wanted to emphasize that, yeah, it was tough on him. And I wanted him to make sure that he was being a good student and sitting up straight and talking loud and projecting when he spoke and, and just generally growing to be a, a, a young man that could be proud of himself. And so he was surprised that Trey would even then say, Mr. Tyson was one of my favorite teachers. He thought, really? I was so tough on you. I didn't know that this was... Uh, it happens sometimes, that, doesn't that it? We happened. realize that the person who was the hardest on you was the one that cared the most. Right, and that, yeah. I mean, the relationship part, I mean, y'all, and you talk to a lot of teachers, I mean, in, in some of our work at the Public School Forum, we, we focus a lot on the relationships. Did, did, did that come up a lot in some of the conversations about the teacher-student relationship? It did. Even off camera, we had people who we talked to who did not want to be part of this story but became emotional talking about teachers that they had. And I think the emotion was something that just um, that really surprised us as we worked on this story. We saw quite a bit of it. Um, we're gonna—I know we're gonna show some stats mm -hmm. on screen, um, and uh, and this kind of goes into what does anything really surprise either of you? I mean, some of these numbers, um, even though I knew some of them, they still shocked me too. The, 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 well, I think one of the most shocking numbers was from the family, the fact that the parents went to school a couple decades ago and each had one African-American teacher, and then two decades later, their eldest daughter, who is an ECU grad now, um, she had one black teacher, and their son has had three. And that obviously shows it's indicative of not much progress in terms of hiring more diverse teachers in the state. And they were going to schools in uh, Greenville, North Carolina, which was predominantly African-American. So even in that situation where the uh, student body is ma majority uh, non-white, the teacher did not reflect the population. And that's the case in Wake County right. as well, and, and 20 years later. Exactly. That was, that was, that was a shocking. Kelly, you, you, you talked to the state's college of education. You looked at their numbers. Um, right. You know, the numbers aren't getting any better. The anecdote from the family really shouldn't surprise us because 30 years ago we were 80% white, 80% female. That really hasn't changed. Um, what have you heard from education leaders in response to this um, story in this report? The major things that I heard are that they want more marketing for the teaching profession and that they want to people to, to talk about it more, to try to encourage especially younger students to become teachers. Um, I heard that they, of course, want more money for scholarships, and one of the other things was the North Carolina Teaching Fellows Program um, to try to expand that. Right now, in their first year back, they have 40, or I'm sorry, 74 students. Um, right. The old program used to have about four to 500 students each year. Um, last word from you, Lena. The, um, we talked the talk about representation and sort of role modeling. Um, I mean, as a person of color yourself, is that? Could you relate to that? I mean, I remember the well, the sister, the uh, uh, it was Trey's sister, right? That, that right. made the comment. I don't, I don't know if this was on the package where she said that she had a teacher who said uh, that you were smart for a black girl, right. which was hard. To yes, hear. it was. It was difficult for her. Um, research shows representation matters, 
research shows it matters both emotionally for a student and academically for a student. Unfortunately, in this Johns Hopkins story, John, Johns Hopkins uh, uh, research that we sourced, mm -hmm. they spoke about the role model effect and how in some cases, white teachers have lower expectations of students of color. This could be implicit bias, this could be unconscious bias, but the bottom line is the research shows that it exists. As a result, this is why they say having teachers of color who tend to have higher expectations for students of color is going to allow for students to do potentially better in school. I think that research was really important for us to uh, find and acknowledge uh, because this isn't just saying, you know, we think it should, you know, right. students of color should have teachers of color just because. It's, it was, it's, it's real. Because yeah, there's it's real, research that backs yeah, it up. Yeah, we actually had the, the researchers on uh, talking about that a few months ago. So, um, yeah, it was important and, and the research was good. Kelly, Lena, Bon, again, our viewers, um, go to WRL.com, uh, search education, and you can find the whole thing. And I really encourage you to look at it because you've got so many interviews and things that were not aired, and um, people should dig into it. Thank so, um, again, thanks for coming on to talk about it. Thank, Appreciate thank you it. so much. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we're going to be joined by two educators who have a big role in making sure our children have the teachers they need. But before we go to break, see if you can answer this question. Black students make up roughly 26% of North Carolina's public school enrollment. enrollment. What percentage of students are placed in academically and intellectually, intellectually gifted tracks are black? Education Matters is brought to you each week in part by Paragon Bank. Serving others, enriching lives. Welcome back to Education Matters. Did you correctly guess D, 5%? Less than 5% of students identified as academically and intellectually gifted in our public schools today in North Carolina are black. Actually, all students of color are underrepresented in advanced placement, international baccalaureate, and academically and intellectually gifted courses. We're gonna to continue to focus on diversity and teaching with two folks who are laser focused on in their jobs. First, we have Patricia Harris. Uh, Patricia is the Director of Recruitment at the School of Education at my alma mater, UNC Chapel Hill. Thanks for being here, Trish. And Dr. Anthony Jackson, making a return appearance to Education Matters. He is the uh, fine superintendent of Vance County Public Schools. All right, so I'm gonna start with you, uh, Dr. Jackson. Tell us what the situation looks like on the ground in Vance County. You saw the numbers. Um, you were actually in one of the pieces about trying to recruit more teachers of color. Um, how is um, how's Vance County doing? Well, I think we are uh, making progress. Uh, we have a, a, a unique situation in Vance County where uh, our recruitment efforts, uh, we've had to broaden uh, the the, the uh, definition, if you will, uh, for 
uh, because we have a growing Hispanic population. And so we're not only looking for uh, African-American teachers, we're looking for teachers uh, uh, the, to broaden the, the definition of diversity to in, be inclusive of those students who are uh, from other countries. And so we have expanded our efforts uh, outside the borders. Right. Well, actually, I know some of the stats that we've been pulling up on the screen. I mean, that was when there were, I mean, there are districts all across the state that have, you know, well, we know what the percentages are for uh, teachers of color, but mm -hmm. zero, um, you know, Hispanic, uh, you know, Latinx uh, teachers. So um, um, that's a challenge. So um, so compared to the population, what is the, um, the demographics advance? In demographics right now, our student population is about 80% African-American. Okay. Uh, and our teacher population right now hovers around 50 to 55%. Okay. Patricia Harris, yes. Director of Recruitment. You are on the pipeline part of it. Your job, part of your job, as I understand it, is to uh, recruit more students to enter education, enter, yes, enter, enter the teaching. So, so I guess first of all, sort of tell me about sort of what you're doing, um, and particularly as it relates to um, um, increasing diversity of the pipeline at Chapel Hill. I think when it comes to um, recruiting students, attracting and retaining student, um, students of color into the field of education, we have to be very intentional and strategic about it. So my first thing is collaborations and building relationships and kind of being creative and out, thinking outside of the box, not continuing to do those things that we've done in the past. Like the numbers tell the story, right? So how are we using that data to help inform our decisions? So in the past five years, if we haven't had an African-American student in our, our um, pipeline, why aren't we going to HBCUs? Why aren't we going to minority servant institutions? Um, so I've developed a, a strategic enrollment plan, a recruitment plan for the School of Education, and its primary focus is on attracting students of color, um, particularly males of color. Right. Yeah, um, that, you're saying, I think yeah. I think that student, the, um, you you are you are in a super special yeah. group, uh, <laughs> Tony, because you be, being a black male educator, right. less than two percent. That's right. Um, in North Carolina, mm -hmm. are you? I mean, is it? There's a there's a clip. I think it was actually aired on the show. I get it confused with what was on the website, but there was a like a, a young teaching candidate, and he said, "You know, here in North Carolina, I'm not really getting recruited." Actually, it was the yeah. piece, and you said, yeah. "We want you." But well, is that is that part I, of it? You think we're, we're not even being intentional enough about it? I, I don't think we have been. I, I think we find ourselves uh, generally chasing that issue. I, I wish that we uh, were intentional at the. Uh, district level because they can't recruit students who can't see themselves as teachers uh, in the future. Uh, one of the things that I've said over over time is we're trying to be very intentional about one thing. We have career days every year in our school system, in every school, and I walk through those and it's really funny. The one table you rarely see is a teacher uh, a table for teachers and educators. What are we doing? What and are we doing? I, I, how, how, it, do, it how do we miss that? Me. <laughs> Absolutely. It stunned me. And so I've really encouraged our principals. We start early by making that impression uh, on their minds that this is something viable, this is something valuable that you should consider. Right. Yeah. Do you think, Trish, do you think the, the problem is part of the problem, or maybe a large part of it, is the teaching profession itself? I've talked to, I've talked to your dean, I've talked to other deans, and they do point to you know, we've seen the Gallup numbers and others that, that parents don't want their kids. They, they say, I don't want them to go into college. I mean, and in fact, I mean, look, college is getting, I've got a student in college right now, it's getting so expensive. And then you've got, um, you know, and by, just by the numbers here in North Carolina, a lot of your first generation college students tend to be students of color. And, you know, mom and daddy like, 
my baby's going to be the first one to go to college. I don't want them to go into teaching. I mean, we, there's a problem with that, too, yeah. isn't there? We have to sell, you know, the teaching professional just being an educator in general as a viable and respectable um, career path. So I sell it is, okay, you come to our program, you get a Master of Arts in teaching here. You can do things both inside and outside of the classroom. So you kind of expound all those um, opportunities outside of the classroom. So I use this for example to say, oh, the people who make LeapFrog, right? You have the technology piece, but there's a teacher behind that. Right? who's developing the curriculum for those types of products. And so you have to kind of challenge people to think beyond just being inside of a classroom and other opportunities that they can take advantage of as being um, a teacher. Um, Dr. Jackson, what else are you doing differently? I mean, you're in a county that, I mean, I think your, your county, um, you know, does a good job of supporting you based on the available local resources, but uh, folks who, who watch our show regularly know that um, you know, sort of more, you know, low wealth counties don't have as much to throw into like teacher salaries. Um, what are y'all doing? Well, we really try to build a culture uh, in our community that supports teachers, that we uh, invest heavily in making sure when they come, uh, we train them, we give them the support they need to be successful in the classroom. We use our resources to uh, 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 pursue areas of innovation where they will get to touch and experience things that they won't get to do in other places. We can't pay them. Uh, I want to go back to what you said and, and you were talking about why aren't we really pushing. I think there are three areas that we've got to really look at and one of them, uh, parents aren't pushing our kids uh, into education simply because of the perception of education. It's changed over the years. Mm -hmm. It's no longer the respectable uh, 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 profession that it once was and I think those of us who are in the profession, we have a responsibility to begin talking about uh, why it should be respected and how important it is and, and to really sell those virtues. Uh, and the pipeline is one thing, but the perception is another. And then the pay issue is one where I believe this generation, we're talking to them all the time about getting, getting more, getting more. We've got to talk to them about this being a great place to come and make a living and take care of your families. Uh, and be uh, successful doing that. Mm -hmm. So we've done a lot to really push uh, into new areas to find teachers, to encourage teachers, and to support them once they get there. Right. Quickly, last word. Um, so you guys are doing some few, is it, it things that uh, Dr. Jackson just mentioned, are those things you're trying to talk to uh, students about? Exactly. Being the face of the School of Ed every day is so part of my job is kind of selling this profession as one that's respectable, one that you can, you know, do, have a great life doing, something that is impactful and purposeful, um, one that you'll enjoy doing that and also just selling just the resources, not just about money, but it's not just about attracting them either, but it's almost it's also about retaining them right. and providing those resources. So one of the collaborations we're doing at the School of Ed. Yeah. Well, look, I appreciate that. We, we Unfortunately, we are out of time. It runs so fast. <laughs> Dr. Jackson, Patricia Harris, yes. thank you both for being here. And we'll, uh, we'll have to get you back on and hear right. more about what's going on in your uh, areas. Thanks so much. Thank After the break, this week's final word. One of the Public School Forum's top 10 education items this year is to recognize that teacher recruitment and retention starts with professional treatment. We do have an issue here in this state when it comes to lack of representation in our teaching workforce. There is simply no excuse in 2019 for a black student to go through their entire 12 years of public school and never have a teacher that looks like them. The research shows it matters a lot actually, um, but we have an even bigger problem. 
Increasingly, young people of all races say teaching is not something they want to do. And this past year, for the first time ever, national polling found the majority of parents would not want their children to go into teaching. They cited reasons like low pay, over-testing, and too much micromanagement. We definitely need to do more to recruit teachers of color, including targeting recruitment and retention efforts, including monetary incentives and guaranteed job contracts. We also need to look at the new North Carolina Teaching Fellows Program that has no diversity goals at all and shockingly did not include a single historically black college or university in the new iteration of an original program that had both clear goals and included two HBCUs right out of the gate. Yes, the issue of recruiting and retaining teachers of colors is hard, but some of these steps shouldn't be. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week.